What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for another edition of the Dogs Football Podcast. Here on this Friday, September 9th, we know it is on the eve of our Week 2 matchup. War for the Wheel with the SEMO Redhawks looking to bounce back at first week. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, like, it's it's great. To, we, we love playing SEMO every single year in both sports, really. Definitely for football because they do the War for the Wheel that we don't do in basketball. It's always nice, and we've owned it the last two years. What's going on? Yeah, it's a, it's a great rivalry that's been um, – luckily, we've kept the wheel here for two consecutive years now, um, hoping to keep it another one. Um, always a good game last year. Uh, some craziness before the game with the whole seating situation um, with only one side of the field ended up – our aerial tech really took over, and – um, we beat them big time. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, hopefully the, the boys had a good week of practice and look to uh, get back on the right track tomorrow night. For sure, and hopefully they can get back to their winning ways at home. Like we said last year, we dropped a little of that. We almost lost some, but we definitely lost some that we shouldn't have that almost kicked us out of playoff uh, contention, as we know. So, I, as I said, We've won the last two. They won the two before that. We will dive into them at the end. But, Noah, let's let's jump in. I had first talking about uh, in the doghouse with Nick Hill. We know it happens every week. We noticed they were – I mentioned it because I thought we could look it up and find it because they always post it after the fact. It happened on Monday at the usual 6 o'clock, but it doesn't look like they posted it. Just wanted to mention it because I'm sure they just talked about the same things about what we've been hearing from Nick about how bad that first week was and a look ahead. Just wanted to get that, get that out there. Uh, but Noah, go ahead. Let's, let's start off here with, before we get into more stuff about, you know, our team and then into SEMO, start off with the commits games this week or starting tonight for most of them. Um, what those look like. Yeah. It's uh, um, a lot of our teams coming off uh, some wins last week. So hopefully, um, they can continue on that right track. But starting down in Florida um, with the probably the most popular commit, the most known commit, um, and in our in our running back commit, Caleb Wagner. Um, Baker, him and the Baker Gators are at home tonight against Bozeman. So uh, Baker coming off a 34 nothing win over Destin last week. Um, they were one and one on the season. So um, hopefully Caleb can have a big game. Um, get them over the 500 hump. Um, our next guy, um, Logan Minton, uh, out of the Lafayette, out of the St. Louis area. Lafayette plays on the road at Riverview Gardens um, tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, familiar with the Riverview Gardens? Uh, we played. I played them in basketball a couple times. Um, so. Logan and them are on the road also off a big win last week, 42 to 20 over Fox. So also trying to get over that 500 hump. Um, our next commit, Blaine Halley, um, him and Olympia 2-0 on the season, trying to keep that winning streak going. They are on the road at Athens tonight. So um, should should be a good game there. So hopefully they can stay undefeated. Um, also another offensive line to commit Aiden Durig up in crown point. They are three and zero on the season. Um, they're on, they're at home tonight against Lake central. So looking to play, 
look to be 4-0, um, hopefully 2-0 in conference play uh, for Crown Point Bulldogs and um, Aiden Durig. Um, next one, defense alignment commit Amir Dwight and the Crisp County Cougars. They're 2-1 on the season. Um, they're at home tonight against uh, Sumter County. So um, a county, I'm probably that's probably a county uh, nearby, so probably a county rivalry games going on. Um, right there, um, we have our guys down in Prattville High School, our two commits, um, Carmelo Smith and uh, Ty Cotri. Uh, the Prattville Lions are one and one, so also looking to get over that hump. They are at home against Dothan tonight. Um, then our final, our final commit, uh, Miles Wash, um, out in Derby, Kansas. Uh, like they played uh, Manhattan last week. We talked about it. Tough loss, 26-23. Um, they're trying to get back on the right track and get the first one of the year on the road at South this weekend. So um, a big, big opportunity for them to get their first win over um, a, another team trying to get their first win in South. So um, best of luck this weekend. All our commits will up, we'll hopefully – um, I'll do my best to find some stats. Uh, I know Logan Minton's easy to find. Um, I noticed a couple other uh, guys we follow um, that are war after been posting some huddle highlights and they're putting their stats. So maybe our guys will put those out there for us so we can get it to you guys. So we'll update you guys on Monday on the recap of SEMO games. Yes. <clears throat> Good job once again. Yeah, I noticed Carmelo posted his highlights. I didn't get a chance to look at them. I'm sure they're monstrous. Uh, but it, and I hope Caleb Wagner ends up – well, we talked about how we maybe we don't want him to, like, totally, you know, break out and then get bigger looks to go somewhere else. We talked about how maybe that's a goal for him is to do that, but hoping that he can just get by, not break any more records and maybe stay here. But we obviously we want him to have success and his team. Uh, so, like I said, good job on all those. And we even – even outside of the commits, we you know, there's some that – We've been offering that we've been retweeting to people who saw that have games, obviously, and we've been wishing them luck today. And even though haven't we, there's already been uh, ones for visits for certain players that we have scheduled this year. We don't know which ones, and we're, we're we talked earlier today how maybe they don't want to show up to the North Dakota State game. Only if North Dakota State's one of their offers, maybe it could be an easy decision for them. But other than that, we have been seeing those, haven't we? Yeah, we've been seeing them all over our timeline. Um, hopefully, I mean, usually. It's been, I think, obviously, we had a lot of commits in the St. Louis area last year um, So and prospects, so able to get them down for multiple games usually. But, yeah, hopefully soon um, we see more of those come out because it's all over our timeline. Uh, you see guys getting offered, and hopefully that can be us next. Um, so interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, and again, we've talked about how one of these days we're going to do – there's just so many. I feel like we can't go – and we could go over them all and a whole thing. We've said we were going to do a separate episode potentially, but there's just way too many. And, you know, if even if we didn't do that, we'd focus on the ones that we do land. But it's always important to talk about the ones that actually get on campus. You know, a lot of them do do visits, but the ones that come to the games, we remember obviously when we were – and it was commits that we had. We remember we didn't land Charles Young for a while. He was showing up the games with Jimmy. But, like, over the course of time, you know, we'll be seeing them at games that we'll be able to eye a lot of these guys. And, yeah, hopefully we can see some of the commits at the games this year. I'm really glad we do that, even keeping up with the current commits and their games because 
sure people appreciate it because that's how we get involved you know their families over time and just in general of like fandom on here and then obviously for other fans to get to know these incoming freshmen so that when they have long and successful careers so that they already knew about them previously so really glad we we uh we do this and we will continue to do it as always now no segueing to the nfl salukis we know week one is this weekend we there was a game yesterday but week one for uh for jeremy and uh uh blanken ryan 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 madre and and ryan neal and jeremy play this weekend but speaking of jeremy noah we noticed and this isn't really surprising in his third year of all success he's had jeremy chin is a captain for the carolina panthers with the likes of brian burns christian mccaffrey you know new baker mayfield and, and and such no, again, this isn't surprising one bit. We know the leader he was here. We know this, like I said, the success he's had there. We talked about how he's, he was almost defensive rookie of the year. I mean, he's putting up the numbers. They're posting about him all the time. He's almost, we've and endlessly, we've talked that he's like a face of their organization almost. Can't wait to see the contract he can maybe get one of these days. But Noah, the captain patch, that's something I know he's probably honored with because he had that here as well. That is just amazing to see. Yeah, that's uh, – um really big big news i mean that just shows you the respect he has from his teammates he had it here and uh being in his third year already um we talked about him today probably got snubbed for the rookie of year um but obviously so much for respect for him the talent he's become we know what we talked about today also that he's kind of banged up here and there here in his college career but um seeing him stay healthy and the le- the level of player he's become um we've we've mentioned it so many times before how much he has helped the recruiting aspect because uh, we've had so many dbs now in this system so can it's a big congrats to him putting that c in the nfl on that chest is incredible yeah we could we could talk forever about his impact on this program because you know we know he went to a game last year Maybe he can come to another one this year, depending upon where, you know, where he is at in his season. Uh, and we know he's going to be a Suki Hall of Famer one day. It's just the fact that, you know, in some sports in general, I know, you know when you're a fan of a sport too and or of a certain team and a player retires and they might have a Hall of Fame or obviously like the, the ring of honor in football, you need to retire those right away. And for us, that's what Jeremy needs to be. So uh, that is the biggest honor you can get. Again, it's not surprising. Uh, so, no, before we jump into other games around the Valley and the FCS this week, let's talk about the new co- uh, the coaches poll that came out. We know on the last episode we talked about, you know, the other ones that w- weren't the coaches poll. You know, some were opinions, some were off just other websites. But, no, this week in the coaches poll, they had us moving eight spots or ten spots down to 19, uh, which, like we said, this is around the area that we were not surprised to. We did play – Pretty bad enough to where it could warrant not being on this list. Uh, but no, us at 19, and there's some other, there was, and we'll get to a, a game that happened yesterday. So this actually could have changed, I suppose, two teams on here. But no, us at 19, again, it's not surprising. We could have went out of here, like I said, and you said that at first, that we played that bad. But us at 19, not bad, along with, I see Northern Iowa at 24, but perfect spot for us going into this week. It just shows uh, that not only – the people around here that are Saluki fans, but a lot of probably guys across the country think this team's a lot better than what they showed. Probably maybe think it was a fluke of a game. So, um, yeah, obviously we could have dropped out of the receiving 
I know as an Oregon fan, we dropped from 11 all the way to 26. We're the most team or we're the team right outside receiving the most votes, but not quite enough. So it could be one of those situations. But, yeah, 19, I mean, nothing we can say about that. We just got to – it's got to be up from here. There's no more dropping. Exactly. You don't want to ever for a team that we want to we want to be and want to compete as. Yeah, you never want to drop out of the top twenty five. Even if, well, like we said, going into this week, if we do, we're in real trouble. If we lose and you know tomorrow and we get out of top twenty five and even a win over Northwestern can appeal to some people, but it it just who knows. That's the kind of flip floppy roller coaster season this could be. But nineteen is seem about perfect right now and well worth it um, or well worthy. Excuse me. So now, no, let's, let's focus on some news and it, it might, you know, uh, matter to us. It might not. Obviously, a lot would have to happen in our favor. But we did notice a couple of days ago that the uh, natty for the FCS uh, moved for this season or in 2023 to January 8th. to one o'clock game over in Frisco, Texas. We mentioned how it was funny before Incarnate World, our record in Texas is not good. And we, we joked that, well, what if we get the Frisco, Texas? And obviously it has to improve for a game like that. But, Noah, uh, maybe this is a, they moved this for more accessible for fans perhaps. But, uh, you know, definitely in a 1 o'clock game for sure. A lot of people go out to those, whether you're a fan. I think somebody posted about people that go to it aren't, aren't even fans totally. Like they'll wear the gear of the teams that aren't even playing. But that's just a nice place for FCS people to show up. So we did notice uh, – that that date changed, and like we said, that's obviously the ultimate goal. So that'd be nice. Yeah, that is a just a big impact for the FCS. Um, obviously, it's been on ESPN or ESPN two for several years now, but being on that ABC, getting that bigger coverage, um, is really really important for because we've seen a lot of teams trying to make that jump already from FCS to FBS, but getting more national coverage and probably hopefully getting more important announcers on the, I don't know who will end up covering the game, but hopefully maybe we can get those ABC announcers to cover our FCS championship for the bigger coverage. So that's big news. Exciting, exciting news. Yeah. Cause it said this past year, I'm sure it was important for them because they said the, uh, the viewership this past year was uh, about 1.1 million for the uh, semifinal with James Madison and North Dakota State, which was the most viewed game since 2009. Uh, so, you know, it is important. And, you know, FCS in general, like we should take pride in it a lot. You know, we should look at the FCS as our own, you know, bubble, for lack of a better term, how much people take pride in covering it and being teams in it. Because that just reminds us that if people saw on our feed, about the middle of this week, they they posted about podcasts with the FCS and, you know, you know, that they want people to stay up to date with almost every team. So they do it by conference and add them to a list of podcasts people can listen to. And we're honored to be on that. Had to mention that to them because saw it on the feed. It's like, well, no one covers SIU, obviously. We do. So it was nice to be added to that. So that just shows you how close-knit, like, FCS people are and taking pride and being on TV and being viewed like that. So tickets will go on sale on the September 16th. So like I said, you don't even know in the 16th, that's in a week, and you don't even know who's going to be playing in the game, so people can buy it. I'm sure North Dakota State fans will be buying it. They can almost guarantee it. But other than that, everybody can go watch any type of game like that. So that is cool. Uh, now, no, let's jump into the to the games this week. Uh, or Actually, first I wanted to mention, because I don't think we know who the, the President's Council, the, I just noticed this on the Missouri Valley 
Uh, Patty Beverito got a three-year contract extension till June of 2025. She's in her 37th year as commissioner. Uh, so I did see that, and she's serving the same role in the PFL. So I did notice that. That came about just for any news that anybody probably didn't even care about, but, you know, some obvious, like, national news per se. So, no, let's jump into these important games. Like I said, one happened yesterday. It was the only college game of the day, and it was an important one. Yeah, it was a really good game. I got to tune into part of it and watch part of it. Um, but a uh, rematch from last year's playoffs, UT Martin traveled uh, to Missouri State, uh, two ranked teams. Um, 35-30, the Missouri State Bears get the job done at home. They weren't un- unable to get the job done last year in the playoffs at home against this UT Martin squad. But, um, I mean, just seeing the type of – Offense we struggled against last week. Missouri State really does scare me. I mean, Jason Shelley, 19 of 24 for 297, five TDs. Jacardia Wright, the Kansas State running back transfer, 23 carries for 120 yards on the ground. Um, Then one of the best receivers in the country, uh, Tyrone Scott, eight catches, 96 yards, three touchdowns. So um, that offense is in high gear, and the Missouri State Bears – um, we'll probably be making a deep run in the playoffs this year. For sure. We almost kind of expected that last year, right, until they faced up and had that game. So they play a lot of close games. It's almost like a, a rivalry could bud if they, you know, they don't play each other often. But that's just – it's cool to see those close games. Yeah, they score 35, and I'm excited to play them for that offense because, yeah, they will be up in the top five all year barring, you know, whatever. We know they have an important week three game as well we'll get to next week. But – uh yeah, I mean, that also says maybe something – I mean, UT Martin's obviously really good as well, picked to win the OVC. Uh, but, I mean, the, a lot of their guys put up stats as well, 344 yards for their quarterback with three touchdowns. They had a receiver go 10 for 159. So maybe that just shows you, like, Missouri State has a great offense and they have a really good defense as well. But if we're healthy by that game, maybe we can do something on that defense that shows that they can allow some points. But like I said, UT Martin's pretty dang good. So looking forward to that Missouri State matchup a lot. Yeah, then just other other news around the Valley before we jump to some other games across the FCS. Um, Western Illinois traveling to Big Ten foe in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's favored by 37.5 in that game, so uh, maybe Western Illinois can cover there if you're into the betting side of things of college football. Dayton travels to Youngstown State, so um, we saw Dayton last year out of Pioneer League. Um, Youngstown State should be able to handle them before Youngstown gets to go on the road next week uh, at Kentucky. Uh, North Carolina A&T travels to the Fargo Dome in North Dakota State. Um, we all know what to expect there. A tough one after getting shut out at Kansas State last week, South Dakota on the road at Montana. So a uh, rough start to their schedule. It doesn't get any easier like we talked about um, on podcasts previous that they have the toughest schedules or one of the toughest schedule in the country. Yeah, they're going to have a rough go. But we, we talked about, you know, would you rather be, you know, you can schedule good teams. We talk about would you rather schedule like a juggernaut and see what you're made of or obviously. And, you know, teams in the FCS don't really have cupcake schedules, you know. This isn't like the obviously the power fives that do to get through a season and build up a resume and a, and a record actually. But I give I – give, kudos to South Dakota for doing that and you're right it, we didn't get shut up by Kansas State so it's surprising that they did we know it's an incredible place to be 
go ahead. Is, there's one uh, in-conference game this weekend, right? Yes, uh, that would be you and I is traveling to North Dakota. Uh, North Dakota um, coming off a really hard-fought game. Um, took Nebraska, Big Ten guy, Big Ten team, uh, 17-17 going into the fourth. Ended up falling short. Uh, I believe they lost by 21. So, uh, first Valley game. That's to be interesting. Northern Iowa coming off that blowout blowout loss at Air Force, which I really thought would be closer. Then uh, Indiana State traveling to inter or up the interstate to Purdue um, to play Purdue on the Big Ten Network tomorrow. Purdue is a 35 point favorite. Uh, Indiana State want to know won their first game last week. Hopefully, uh, Giannini get to show out on the on the Big Ten Network tomorrow. Uh, UC Davis going on the road to South Dakota State. Uh, we know what South Dakota State only uh, didn't allow a touchdown at Iowa last week, lost 7-3. to Then Valpo travels to Illinois State. Valpo is, believes in the Pioneer, Pioneer League as well So for football. So a lot of action. Uh, other FCS games that just stick out. Um, I know Eastern Washington travels to Oregon. Um, that should be interesting enough. Last time uh, Oregon played or hosted Eastern Washington, uh, Super Bowl MVP and Super Bowl champion Cooper Cup uh, had 15 catches for 246 yards and three touchdowns. So wow. that's how good Cooper Cup was back in the day for Eastern Washington. Should be interesting there. Um, other than that, not a lot of sticks out to me. Southern Utah travels to Utah. That should be a blowout. Um, anything stick out to you? Kennesaw, I saw Kennesaw State who had a bad first game. Now they get to go to Cincinnati to lick their wounds. They might be, they'll be on too, probably. Yeah, that's, that. oh, the other one, duh, that we should talk about. Uh, Incarnate Word travels to 2 0 Nevada. Um, big, be interesting only four point home favorites for nevada so that shows you the respect and cardinal words getting getting right now after blowing us out last week and it's interesting because the matchup predictor on espn has nevada 95.6 percent chance to win so only a four point that's interesting yeah every team we play this year obviously out of conference like incarnate words a great example clearly now that we'll keep up with how their season goes the rest of the way to see where they end up because it could benefit us knowing what we lost to a top four team in the country at the end of the day, if they keep winning. So that is a winnable game. Uh, Samford, which we don't talk about a whole lot, obviously at all, but they are at number two, Georgia. That's, that'll be fun for them. Furman at number five, Clemson. Uh, other than that though. Yeah. No other big, I did say Kennesaw state. That is a tough game after getting Cincinnati after that week one. loss. Yeah. Uh, two more that stick out Southeastern Louisiana. We know they lost Cole Kelly, but they are on the road at FAU, FAU, is a program that's pretty down right now, so that could be interesting to watch. And another one, another one that sticks my eye here: Jackson State travels to Eddie George's Tennessee State Tigers. So Tennessee State uh, put up a fight against Eastern Washington on the road last week. So uh, should be a good ball game there. Yeah, and I'm not sure about the uh, HBCU like uh, conferences or divisions or anything. Are they are they like do they play each other twice a year? those two teams or are they in the same same thing or is it just probably like a non or a non-conference game for them obviously? that is a non-conference game uh i believe ten yeah tennessee state is still part of the ovc at the moment right so, okay uh, that's right i forgot there 
Um, but yeah, they lost 36 29 at Eastern Washington last week. So we know Jackson State blew out FAMU. Um, so interesting game there. Yeah, I don't know how HBCUs do because we know they don't get involved with the playoffs at the end. They have their own, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, they have their own uh, celebration bowl for the celebration. SWAC bowl. Yeah, the SWAC teams. Um, they take the two division, top division people. And they play each other like a conference championship. They call it a celebration bowl. So um, I know I would. I know a lot of people would love to see Jackson State in the FCS playoffs. But um, as long as they finish top in their division, that will not be happening. No, and it'd be really cool to see them fade, like high-powered with Deion's kid at quarterback and that top receiver uh, or corner playing against, you know, the top teams and our playoffs that'd be really cool but yeah it probably won't happen but that's okay so a lot of good games this weekend we will cover them on monday uh with ours and noah so just some other news unless you got some here in a second we know tucker craft took a uh got beat up a little bit in their iowa game just an update on him because we play them and he's one of the best players in the country obviously they're saying a right ankle injury for him he's in a boot and rehabbing considered a short-term injury and shouldn't miss more than a few games so we mentioned South Dakota State's game they should be okay without him tomorrow and then maybe he could come the next week as they I'm sure they have another or they played their big game so they might not off the top of my head don't know the schedule they might not they might be solid for a while until they get obviously into conference play with some games so he shouldn't miss any time but no that that is a notable injury it's good to see he's not uh we don't want to see guys anybody hurt we want to play the best short-term injury that's good for Tucker for his NFL career after this year as well yeah absolutely he's a big big tight end prospect for the NFL draft um but yeah uh they get Butler at home next week so he should be probably rest but next week they start Valley play and they go at Missouri State so I'm sure he'll be back for that one so now let's talk about something we noticed recently and we you know we go through the game notes and everything for We'll get into a couple of interviews just discussing anything that stuck out with them. There's only two. And of course, like we said, we don't get a Nick Hill one until the day up. So we're not even able to talk about what he what he says. So they need to change that. This is like the first year they've ever done that. But no, we went on there and we noticed and you took a stroll to the depth chart and it got us thinking because we knew, you know, we didn't barely saw PJ Jules and we're just thinking, man, is he even just I think I think we were just talking about it. And then you just so happened to look and say, yeah, something is different on it. And that is PJ Jules. Noah. we noticed how we have an interview. I mean, Clayton Bush talked to Mike. So we're like, okay. And we thought Clayton was, you know, I guess sometimes, you know, stuck out a little bit in the incarnate word game and making some plays. Noah, we looks like he lost his job for PJ Jules. Our all American corner is now at free safety, according to the updated depth chart. What the heck? I mean, yeah, we, we knew that um, didn't play a lot last week. Then he had the, tweet that we didn't know what meant um but yeah it's it's weird but i mean we know david miller and dj johnson are solid corner options so but sometimes you got to be you got to be able to put your best players on the field and maybe this is um the case but uh we saw a lot of a lot of we knew clayton bush he was all over the place a little bit last week but um He's the center fielder back there. He's controlling that defense from that free safety spot. So uh, maybe maybe a lot of those big plays were miscommunication last week on the defense. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, putting P.J. up there, I mean, he has the size for it. 
Um, him and Antonio back there, pretty nice there. That's a solid duo. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think David, outside of that one play we talked about where if he just turned his head, he bats it away on the first Grimes touchdown. That It's almost like, you know, you got three really good players that they all need to be playing. And some can, you know, in certain certain formations and sets, you know, David's a perfect, like, inside guy. But, yeah, I think the, the most surprising thing, it's not surprising maybe to see P.J. there because we, you know, a lot of DBs can play every position. If, if you're if you're that good, you know, being an All-American, it's like, why do you move him there? But something clearly happened. If he's healthy, something happened in that game they didn't like and they want to test him there. But maybe this shows a little, you know, non-confidence in Clayton per se we'll get to his interview in a second but it's just strange overall like you're right as long as we get the best players playing we thought Clayton played probably better than Antonio you know we don't know the whole you know Antonio's in his last year we thought Clayton you know would be as well that you don't want to bench a guy like Antonio per se but yeah Clayton was expected to be you know it's just weird and I'm glad you noticed it and we would see it tomorrow night so it's just interesting putting an All-American at free safety but Clayton is scheduled for the uh, – the, he's still a top punt returner, but you had something else to add on this, right? Yeah, just uh, – I mean, there's obviously uh, one more change, but I will I will say that uh, um, Avante Cox is obviously – now he's, now he's back, um, fully healthy, ready to go. Uh, he is now in the H spot, so Dayton Mitchell slides down one, even though Dayton had a really good game last week. Um. Uh, Another update, they took the or in between Chris Harris and Zach Barola off. I did notice um, per, I think, the second half, Zach Barola had a hat on and he was done playing. So I don't know if there's an injury there or something. But another one, we, it was an issue last week. Um, but new long snapper on the depth chart starting J.D. Check. Uh, Ragnar, we call him. Um, it's an interesting move here. Didn't know he could long snap, but J.D. Check is your Ragnar, is our now long, long snapper. Um, I talked about talked about it with you today. I said my special team's dog name might be Ross Pedro, but I now notice that J.D. JD might be my special team's to look into the future in this podcast and at the end uh, at this podcast when we do dogs at the game. Yeah, you're right. That's something also we were looking at when we were looking at it earlier noticed it. That we didn't that, – that is something we did not – uh, notice with Ross moving behind JD and honestly you know it it warrants it you know you can't make those mistakes you know wet field or not because obviously they were pivotal and ruining a game <clears throat> potentially and I'm sure there's short leashes on this and rightfully so and you're right we didn't think he could do this but you know a lot of guys obviously you know get groomed to becoming this in their career and then you go about it and you're really good at it some guys can just come in and do it right away so maybe that's the case with him so yeah you're right we'll keep an eye on that uh, for how good that'll be if we punt. Hopefully we won't have to punt in this game, but anything can happen. Uh, you're right. Chris played well enough, I think, to warrant. Uh, didn't we notice, though, that Zach feel like he played a little bit, but we didn't see him as much on there on TV? We know Chris led the team in tackles, so, you know, it, he deserved to be, I guess, now in the starting one. Didn't we notice that with Zach a little bit? I think we talked about that the other day. Yeah, we did. We did. Um it's interesting to see. I don't know if it's just. I don't uh, know if there's something wrong with him or not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't think so. I didn't see him get hurt, but maybe possible injury injury there. Maybe he just got dinged up and they just took him out. You're right, and then we noticed how uh, the offensive line. We noticed it struggled, and there were some a bit of a 
Pat Tillman's a legend and uh, incredible, incredible story of Pat Tillman. So um, interesting that that's who he he looked up to as a uh, young football player. Without a doubt. So now let's segue to this SEMO preview, Noah. I said earlier, we're two and two apiece in the last four matchups. We know last year we killed them. Uh, the year before that was the, or in 2020, the COVID season, played them before. It was the only game we played that that whole 2020 season. Early weekend, the only game we played for a long time, if I recall. And we know it was the field goal to win that one. I don't think anybody showed up to that game aside from family and friends. And then they won the previous two. I remember when I was working in Evansville three years ago, just trying to keep up with the game, and that was not pretty for us. That was, yeah, it was like Jeremy and them's last season. So we had a little bit of confidence in turning this thing around. That was the year we faced uh, Trey Lance and them right as well, and we were on the cusp of the playoffs. So that was a confident year, but it was not a great game there. And then a small four-point loss to them four years ago. So Noah back uh, here to get or continue for three in a row to keep the wheel, like I said, in the 90th meeting between us. Uh, in the 46th here in Carbondale, we talked about the ones previous. Now let's dive into how they look now. Yeah, the uh, the SEMO Redhawks, uh, obviously Coach Took, um, seventh. Uh, he coached under uh, Jerry Kill when S or when it, our coach Nick Hill was starting quarterback uh, from 05 to 07. Um, like you mentioned. Uh, Nick Hill and Coach Tuke have met on six occasions. Nick Hill is four and two against him. Um, this is a big rivalry game. Um, obviously, we mentioned it last week. They were on the road at Iowa State, got a forty-two to ten loss. So, uh, but Coach Tuke uh, talked to Mike True this week. Um, was excited to see some of his new guys play um, because a total of twenty-three players saw their first uh, Division One action. Uh, at Iowa State, so a lot of new faces get some um, some playing time, and he was excited about them. Uh, I mentioned last week um, they have a new quarterback. Um, he looks he looked pretty decent. I went back and watched part of their game. Um, mentioned him last week in the or in the in the preview Monday. Paxton DeLorean. Um, he had he was nineteen of three. He was 19 of 38 for 222 yards last week, a touchdown and a pick. Um, Geno Hess, I mean, Iowa State didn't let him go, and he only ended up with six carries in that game. Uh, Geno Hess, we know he's a All-American type linebacker, so interesting to see here. But uh, this is a team, like I said, new quarterback, more of a not as not as sure-footed. He, can't, he doesn't really like to get outside the pocket, so um, – he won the starting job over last year's starter. We saw C.J. Agbana, a dual-threat guy, a Juco guy coming in there. So uh, DeLorean, like I mentioned, Central Methodist guy, so interesting to watch there. He won the, he won the fall camp. It was a pretty tight camp or pretty tight battle uh, for the starting job. Interesting to see. Stimo is 9-31 nine, nine all-time against ranked – ranked opponents in the FCS since 2004, so um, they struggle. Um, but this is a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Um, excited to see what happens. We know Geno Hess, um, big-time player, um, can score from anywhere on the field. Um, we saw it last year with Geno Hess. He ran all over us um, in that big victory we had. But um, 
like I said, just to recap last year, uh, aerial attack, we, we had like 700 yards total offense. And uh, first play of the game for our offense was a 99-yard touchdown pass from Nick Baker uh, to Vontae Cox. Yeah, we knew that after a game like that and a rivalry game, we were expected to win. We were, I think, we were ranked seventh to start. No, like eleventh, I think, or something to start the year last year. It might have between seven and eleven, but yeah, that game set us off. And you're right, it's the games we expect to win, even though they do have talent. You mentioned the new quarterback; he did rush, however, for twelve for seventy-four. Yeah, I mean, he had to. I'm sure Iowa State pounced through that line quickly, and he had to run a little bit. And he did it successfully, so that is something that we'll have to. You don't have to obviously have the same kind of game plan like you did against Lindsey Scott, clearly, but just knowing that, you know, he can do it because we talked about dogs of the game. You said earlier from some of our picks might include some more guys that can get to the quarterback before he does take off potentially. But you mentioned Gino has, yeah, he's one of the best players in the country. Running backs, has a ton of great running backs. He got held in check this game. Yeah, six for eight yards. But he did have a reception for 29 yards. But like I said, when you play Iowa State, that's going to happen. If you play us, just in general, knowing the defense off the first game that it was and how our run defense has been in the past, hoping to sure that up, it's going to be a test against him. So you're right. It's a, And they do have you know good – they have a lot of receivers in that game. Maybe if it was in garbage time, but you get guys that all had almost – you had five guys that had about 30 yards of receiving in that game. So they do have a lot of weapons. Our defense will be tested again. but. Yeah, you're right. It, it's And we know the run that they almost had last year on UT Martin to get in. They had a terrible start to the year. Then they kind of came alive at the end, and they could have won the conference, arguably. Whether that would have mattered to them getting like a – well, they would have had an automatic bid, and who knows where they would have – they would have played Missouri State maybe. So, interesting. You know, they're an interesting team every single year. You mentioned, you know, Nick's uh, relationship with Coach Tuke, and you're right. We had that interview you touched on a little bit. Uh, so, a lot of respect – so we're hoping, Nick, you know, those are friendly rivalry. They want to beat each other. And um, you're right, the last game we had here, granted there were no fans in the stands, but it definitely was close. And we don't want a, clo- a game like that close again. Uh, we did notice how this game is on KFBS2. If they, it's, on, it's on ESPN3 as well. For the local people, though, KFBS2, uh, to watch it if you can't make the game. Uh, we had a friend actually that works on campus there and he drove past and looks like they might be setting up for some cool tailgating going on there. We'll, we'll talk. I remember last year, we didn't we talk about like uh, the capacity and how many people show up to the games and it is the home opener. We're expecting hopefully a lot of people tailgating is always good at SIU. So that'll be good. Uh, notice the basketball team, wish good luck to them, to the football team. I think they do every year for this game in particular about it being a rivalry game. No, I have some other things, but anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I'll just touch on a couple other guys besides the guys I mentioned. Obviously, I mentioned Geno Hess. He's the preseason offensive player of the year in the OVC. Um, they got a couple other players. Johnny King, a wide receiver um, on offense. Is a, uh, he was first team all OVC in preseason, um, along with offensive lineman Zach Geeg and offensive lineman Nate Corte. Uh, defensively, Inside linebacker Bryce Norman, oh, first-team OVC, um, along with uh, punter Zach Hines. Uh, Hines punted, I believe, six times last week for 236 yards total, uh, averaged out to 39.3. He had tw- two inside the 20, along of 45. Um, so some other guys look out on that defense. Um, defensive back Lawrence Johnson led the team in tackles last week at Iowa State with 12. Um, then also 
defensive back William McCall had nine to lead the two. So um, not a good sign when we've talked about it before. It's happened a lot with us. Not a really a good sign that your DBs are leading the team in tackles because means guys are getting to that second and third level with pretty ease. Exactly. I think that's exact or exact why a defensive back would lead in tackles. You mentioned some of the linebackers are quality. Yeah, Norman. Uh, they did have interception in this game. One of their other DBs did, but you're right. If you get to the third level, you're not doing a, a great job in that. So maybe that's a good sign because we have a lot of good running backs. So looking forward to that, it could be a sneak peek of maybe some dogs of the game. We'll get to that here in a second. Uh, some quotes here from Nick that he had on bouncing back this week. He said, quote, all 10 teams remaining on our schedule can do the same thing to us. It's up to us to come back and put a better product on the field. We've got a great opponent coming here in SEMO. I think this week is really about worrying about how we handle the situation and collectively correct some things. We mentioned his, end quote, we mentioned his uh, relationship with Coach Tuke. He said, quote, I love Coach Tuke. I love his demeanor. I loved him when I played here. This is our seventh time playing against each other. <clears throat> That's really not a guy in the profession I have more respect for than Coach Tuke. He's a good man. We share a lot of the same values, and he's been a good resource for me. We're both super competitive and want to win this game for obvious reasons, but the mutual respect is high, end quote. So now, now we know, obviously, like, Coach Saban, for example, has his like coaching tree. And not saying this is totally like in that realm of anything. You know, and the 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 uh, student per se or the Padawan has you know doesn't have a whole lot of success against the guy they learned from. But uh, you know, we've got the you know, like I said, it's been kind of even for the last couple of years. So hopefully, he can bounce back. Like I said, friendly rivalry. They definitely want to beat each other. He said on Semo itself, quote: "I've been able to watch their game against Iowa State. They have a good transfer in their quarterback. They mentioned G he mentioned Geno Hess." They got a good scheme. I think their offensive coordinator does a good job year in and year out. Coach Tuke, being a defensive-minded guy, has always played really good defense. They're going to be tough, physical, and will play good. Sound football. That's what we've got to be ready for. So it's cool. Yeah, Coach Tuke with defense, Nick Hill with offense. That'll be a good chess match once again. And then on the home opener, he said, we've got to have a pride in playing well at home. We get five opportunities at home. This is the first. We've got to go out there and make our fans proud. We mentioned how we want the fans to show up. For sure, Noah. So uh, if you have anything else, we can get into our picks. We mentioned how we never have a spread the day of unless you have one. We always get it like the day of. You don't have anything on that, do you? We do not. But we, we mentioned how, you know, we were surprised to see five-point favorites on the road against Incarnate Word. So whatever they deem us before games, everyone knows how bad of a first game we had. I don't know how much that will tie into the fact that we're 19th and we're still at home against the team we should beat. No, are we thinking in, in between probably eight to 15? It won't be 15. Like around eight to 10, probably point favor you're thinking for us at home. Yeah, I would have, I would have put us about, about, I'd say 10 points would be um, a pretty good estimate because if you look around, I know um, last night, Missouri State, I know they're a much, or well, showed a lot better than we did in week one, but they were 14 point favorites against um, UT Martin, who was picked to win the. OVC and uh, uh, very a pretty high ranked team, so I'd put us around ten. Um, shouldn't be much more than that. I'd be surprised if it was. Yeah, you're right, and we're thinking that seems about right for sure. And like I said, we're hoping to be a better home team because anything can happen. That's why it seems like we'd want to take the plus the points potentially. Uh, but we both know that we need a game to come out and make a statement in a game we should win and win big, that it seems like we can be minus the points. So what do you think on that? Yeah, it's 
it's tough. Uh, obviously, I think you need to win by multiple scores here. Um, but it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Um, I'll go ahead and take SEMO plus the points. And the over, I'd set it around probably 60 points. I think last week was 65. So Incarnate Word almost got the over by themselves. So uh, I'll take uh, SEMO plus the points and the over. Yeah, unless our defense obviously, you know, flips the page and does a lot better, I guess SEMO could maybe not put up that many, like anything close to Incarnate Word, but put up enough to warrant, you know, an over or an under for that. Yeah, so it is interesting. So segueing from picks now to uh, dogs of the game, Noah, we talked about recently how we might have some, let's might have some that we might choose from, but let's start out with offense. Who you got to lead us in dog of the game this game? Yeah, offense uh, obviously struggled last week. Um, scored some points, though. Had some good possessions. Uh, he was kind of kind of wild throws, inaccurate last week. It usually starts with the guy. I'm going to go with Nick Baker. Um, he needs to hopefully had a good week of practice. Got, um, like I mentioned last time, had some timing issues maybe with receivers. I don't know. Um, but he needs to get the offense going. It starts with him, obviously. He needs to be protected by that offensive line, but um, I'm gonna go with Nick Baker to be more accurate this week, and and uh, be be better in the red zone in his decisions and fourth uh, and points. You're right, and um, you know they've been preaching, and they said it after we lost, but they said it before the game. You're right. We got to be key in the red zone. We got to get six points on the board. So decision making for sure. It's always gonna, like I said, it's always gonna be on Nick's shoulders. We know that. So. You know, it's interesting you said there, you know, if he can stay upright and make better decisions and the offensive line can help him out, the same one that's going to be thrown out there again uh, against the who knows kind of front for SEMO in terms of how that, you know, their production can be on us. But uh, that'll tie into Nick's performance. You could say the offensive line bouncing back, staying healthy, get through a whole game, get the chemistry together. You know, if this is, is the group, you know, no telling with Calvin and stuff. So and all the others we have, we have good depth, I think. But it's just a matter of getting the production done and protecting Nick. So I'll go with – I'll say Justin Strong because I think I watched – you know, when I was watching a redo of the game, you know, the, on Sunday, I noticed how he just looked good. We know how he talked about his confidence and his motivation and stuff this year, and he's healthy coming off off-season stuff that he was just moving well. His jukes were nice. He just – he looks like he's just healthy and ready to go. I'll take Justin. You could take any of the running backs because he said Iowa State, and granted it's them running all over SEMO, maybe we can too. But you're right, we got to be better in throwing the ball as well. So a lot of stuff we could pick. I'll go with Justin. Who do you got for defense? Yeah, defense uh, did not look good at all last week. Um, we know P.J. Jewell is in a new role. So, um, But with Geno Hess and that, that kind of offense, um, I'm going to go with uh, Chris Harris, a guy that looks like he's made a step um, between sharing a role with Zach Barolo. Didn't really have a good week last week as his first uh, start for as a Saluki. So uh, transfer linebacker Chris Harris, uh, hopefully he can stop the run because obviously it starts up front. Hopefully our D-line, the front four, can get uh, plug the holes, but need the guys to gang tackle. But Chris Harris seems to have a big game for us at that linebacker spot. Yeah, it's a really good choice. We mentioned how he's like the only new – and, you know, he led us in tackles. It was like five or six. You know, the defense was not good overall, but he was the only new face that actually, you know, played 
you know, relatively well. So he, you know, it's nice. It would be nice to see him capitalize on that for this week, for sure. Getting to that, you know, stop in the run out. I, I agree. I think we mentioned how we didn't have a whole lot of pass rush in the first game because Lindsay was going everywhere and we had a little bit, but not enough. And we're hoping we can bat. I would go with Richie. I'm going to go with Nico Kiki who got some pressures uh, last week. And if, you know, this quarterback can run, but not as much, if he sits back there a little bit, maybe we can get to him a little bit. Cause we know, we talked about RJ Arebo. We, we keep being upset at the potential of him and how long he's going to be out. And unless Raekwon Lindsay's coming out of nowhere, or you get, you know, first-year full-time Lewis Wilbert, our edge rushers, our starting ones, are going to have to come up big. So outside of Richie, who might be the, you know, the main cog and, you know, a scouting report for offensive lines for our D-line, I'll go with Nick Kiki because he's going to have that job for a lot of the season. He's, he needs to come through and be that other top transfer of production that we need right away. So I'll go with Nick. Special teams know we said it earlier about the maybe a new long snapper big in this game. Who do you got? Yeah, obviously you could go with Ragnar. That's uh needs to be fixed. Um, but um I'm gonna go with Jake Bumgard. It, it came down to two years ago. Nico had to kick a game winning field goal. Hopefully this does it. Um, but he had a solid outing last week to stay strong in that kicking role. And uh Jake uh for my dog of the week. Yeah, and even if we get in like fourth down situations where we want to go for, we know we like to it. You know, sometimes I don't know, we do it sometimes. But if we can count on Jake to make those kicks, I like that pick. I think it's just you know if we finally get the group effort, I'll go with the group effort here and like tackling and stuff. And if we do punt, you know the coverage needs to be good because you never know. It is a robbery game; anything can happen on that field. So aside from going with you know the main guys of it, I'll go with just the whole coverage unit itself and who will be on that. So those are our dogs of the game. We'll talk about – we didn't talk about post on the last one, so we will on that one or uh, on the next one of who actually stuck out, win or loss, and hoping clearly it's not a loss. And what are your final thoughts? Yeah, obviously, um, uh, Clayton Bush talked about it, got punched in the face last week. Um, they did. They got punched in the face. They didn't get back up. They basically stayed down. Uh, didn't handle the adversity that was given to them, obviously. Uh, with the delay, then the lights go out. Uh, you had a whole week. You got on film. You you saw the film. You fix it. You go to work, and it's a rivalry game. So obviously anything can happen. But this is this is if you lose this game, you go then you go to Northwestern, a Big Ten school, not expecting a lot there. So you're zero three in conference. You're you'd have to run. You'd have to run the table in conference, which we know we play in the SEC of the FCS. So. That's almost impossible to do. So it's a big game right here. Good. We need – hopefully we had a really good week of practice. Uh, hopefully Coach Hill has done the right things this week. Good game plan. Hopefully he has a good script to start up – good script to start out the game. Um, so excited for this game. Able to get there. 6 p.m. game. I love night games. Be able to just play over there at Saluki Stadium under lights. Getting there to watch the game. Uh, I know there's a chance of rain, so hopefully it stays dry. But I'll be there, rain or shine. So uh, we need this one. Rivalry game. Keep the wheel here. You're right. We hold a 4-2 edge against them at Saluki Stadium since it's been up. Uh, you're right. No matter what weather, we'll be there. We know unless there's lightning, they'll play through a torrential downpour if need be. But we remember we've been through the cold weather. That Trey Lance North Dakota State game was frigid. But everybody was there, and it was, it was a really fun game. So, yeah, I hope the crowd's really good. Like I said, usually the – 
tailgating, you know, goes really well at SIU, always has. We know COVID kind of messed with that a little bit, you know, but hopefully now we're in full groove and getting there. Uh, hoping for a really good crowd for these players to feed off of. Hopefully even SEMO brings a crowd. We want that place to look, and it's never going to be sold out. And they, I know they always show a picture of when it was sold out, and we always try to even think even for basketball, like when was that? We know Missouri State basketball game a couple of years ago was. But football, anything close to it. So hopefully SEMO brings some fans. I think we'll be – we're on the spotlight this week. I think teams will be looking at us, knowing we were ninth to start the year as a contender, that, like, everybody's going to be looking at how we bounce back this week. So, definitely looking forward to it. We definitely want to keep the wheel. If you haven't got tickets yet, you had the promo code DOGS, uh, but that expired today, so. Ends tonight. Still, expect- still got a chance. Ends tonight. So, you still got a chance as long as you're listening to this. If you – by the time the deadline is, if you listen to this in that in – that, uh, realm of time so yeah looking forward to it Def- desperately need to bounce back it will be fun to be back at saluki stadium like i said to enjoy the crowd have these players feed off it to bounce back before that northwestern game as you said if you lose this game you're in deep trouble with the schedule we got so obviously it's a must win just to get back in the groove so we're hoping that happens so for nick malone no alerts as always see everybody at at the stadium go dogs <laughs>